0: Hey, it's Rosh. Hey, it's Jazz. <laughs> and this is Haunted as Fuck. <music> Hi, Mama. Happy birthday. Hi, Rosh. Hi, everyone that's listening. This week is a Mama special, as the people who had the last episode, and we've got Mama Vasani on today. Hey, thank you for having me today. You have no idea what we've got going on.
1: Uh, No, I don't. You haven't clued me in at all.
0: There were a couple of episodes that we could have gone through. One of them I think we will pick up. If you like the experience today, we could do it another time. Okay. And that will be The Curse of Madame Palais. Oh, yeah. That's uh, something I've had a close contact with. So, yeah, it will be interesting. But today, I thought we'd look into a bit of your other interest which is ancient egypt oh yes yes so i'm going to tell you the story of a woman called dorothy edie okay i've never heard of her have you heard of a person called om seti
1: some it rings a bell but i'm not sure where i've heard it are you thinking seti the first the pharaoh Mm, yes yes okay i think that's what it is
0: Okay, so I'll explain all of this in a bit. Let's start talking about a bit of Dorothy's backstory. Okay. She was born on the best day of the year. My birthday? Mate, my birthday. Okay. In 1904 to Irish parents. And Dorothy's remarkable story began at only age three. Okay. Okay, you're not going to like this first part. Right. But... but,
1: Should I I, I just cover my ears on this part or something?
0: Maybe. Okay. But we'll get through it very, very quickly. So when she was three years old, she fell headfirst down the stairs. Her parents found her and called the local doctor to help. And it was here that the doctor had pronounced Dorothy dead.
1: Oh, wow.
0: After an hour after the doctor had pronounced her dead, Dorothy had sat up and started talking as if she hadn't been dead for an hour. Wow. Whether the doctor mispronounced this diagnosis, or if she really did come back from the dead after that fall, but something had changed Dorothy for the rest of her life. For example, her speech patterns had all of a sudden changed, and she had started speaking in a foreign accent. Another example is that she would very, very often be inconsolably upset and beg her parents to take her home when she was at her house. And when her parents would ask her where she thought home was, the three-year-old Dorothy couldn't answer them.
1: So, what, do you think she just thought she was in a she was at home but not at
0: home kind of thing in her head? Maybe. But where else would she know as home, as three years old? Yeah, true. Well, the pieces start coming together only a short while after, because when Dorothy was four, her parents took her to the British Museum in London, which is where Dorothy first saw the ancient Egyptian exhibit. It's my favourite place, isn't it? All
1: from which film?
0: The mummy. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So I remember my first time going there and becoming obsessed with ancient Egypt. And I think that's actually when I first became so into cats because I thought they were so cool as like the guardians of the underworld. Yeah. And I I genuinely think that's where the incessant need to have a cat came from.
1: Yeah. But you always wanted a black cat and I would say no to a black cat. Yeah. Yeah. I, it might be that might be one do you know of the you know what this why... this should have been the signs all along that <laughs> i was going to turn out the way i want
0: i love the witchiness <laughs> all the dark parts of it i know bring out 11 year old goth rush again
1: <laughs> yes i don't
0: think so <laughs> um, dorothy was the same she was immediately fascinated by all the artifacts and took real time to look at each item and really really take it all in And suddenly, Dorothy pointed to a photo and cried, There is my home! The photo was an image of the temple of Seti I. Dorothy insisted that she had once lived in that temple, but claimed that some details were missing, and asked, Where are the trees? Where are the gardens? Dorothy then ran around the Egyptian rooms in the museum, claiming that she was with her people. And would kiss the feet of the statues of gods. Her parents were a bit weirded out and would try and discourage her from doing this. But the older Dorothy got, the more frequently she would visit the exhibit. And at some point, she caught the attention of the prominent Egyptologist, Wallace Budge, who encouraged her to learn oh, yeah, hieroglyphics.
1: Yep. Yes, so um, I did one of the... Um puzzle you know these puzzle sets that you get and everything and Wallace Budge was in it was this one that what you got for your birthday yes yeah the one that you gave me for my birthday
0: cozy killers that's what it was called yeah
1: yeah so um yeah Wallace Budge is actually uh, a character in there as well
0: okay I'm definitely well I've stolen it I just haven't picked (laughs) it up but I'm definitely gonna look into that Yeah, so go on, carry on. For for people that don't know, this is complete divergent, but um, Cozy Killers are like these murder mystery boxes or like investigation boxes where you get like one box a month and it gives you some clues and things are in like code and you have to decipher things and you have to put the pieces together to solve whatever riddle. And it's actually really intense Mm. and it It takes a lot of time. So. Like, you got it for your birthday at the start of COVID. Yes. So it came in handy during lockdown.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And it was, you know, because it was Egyptian-related as well, it was um, really interesting for me because it's, you know, it's something that I've always looked into before. Mm. So, yeah, good shout on
0: the uh, present there. Cozy Killer sponsor me. (laughs) So Dorothy hit some trouble in her teenage years in her Catholic girls' school. No. You're going to see some similarities okay. between me and my friend Dottie here. Okay. One Sunday school teacher, for instance, asked that her parents keep her at home because she kept comparing Christianity with Egyptian paganism. She was ultimately kicked out of school after she stubbornly refused to sing a hymn that exhorts God to curse the swart Egyptians. It is even said that she hurled the hymn book at her teacher before storming out of class, which, I mean, I get. Mm -hmm. At my high school, we had to have our hymn books for every morning assembly and we'd get in shit for not having it with us. And there were plenty of times that I wanted to hurl one of my tiny green books at their heads. So don't blame her at all. Dorothy was banned from mass when she commented that it reminded her of the old religion of the pharaohs, which resulted in an angry priest coming to her house and told her she was no longer welcome in his congregation. So, a bit like my school.
1: So, do you think when, when she got knocked down the stairs, that some uh, reincarnation of herself kind of filtered through and her her own self kind of like
0: died, basically? We shall see. Okay. (laughs) Intriguing. So her obsession with ancient Egypt only deepened as she got older. At 14, she began... Okay, this is a bit gross to talk about with your mum and my aunt is sitting opposite me, so sorry, guys, for what I'm about to discuss with you. At 14, she began to describe her sexual relationship with Seti I, claiming to have been his lover in her past life She even explicitly described visions of nighttime visitations in which his mummy came to her bedside and tore away her nightdress.
1: That's a bit gross.
0: And rather than being terrified by these nocturnal hallucinations, she became obsessed with them. So not himself, but the mummy
1: version of him, which is really gross. Like, gross, gross.
0: Like I'm, I'm just (laughs) okay. So, what I'm picturing right is Imhotep. Yes. When they first open the coffin, and he comes out going, and he comes out like, and he's so juicy. Yes. But like, no, like, imagine Imhotep like tearing off your (laughs) night, grim. Um, her parents genuinely thought she was suffering mentally and committed her to one sanatorium after another. But Dorothy didn't change her mind and didn't stop believing that she belonged in ancient Egypt. At 16, she finally dropped out of school. But instead of just doing nothing, she took up part-time studies at an art school in Plymouth where her dad was running a, like early days movie theatre. Right.
1: Because
0: okay. this is like early 1900s. It was here that she had the opportunity to play Isis on the stage, a role which she felt deeply connected to. Over the course of a year, Dorothy would have visions of the god Hora, explaining her past life to her. Dorothy told her parents that she was the reincarnation of a girl named Bentrashit, who was abandoned at age three and then was raised in the temple of Seti I at Abydos, which was the painting that she had pointed out at the British Museum when she was four years old. Oh,
1: wow. Okay.
0: She recounted meeting the pharaoh in the gardens of the temple while serving as a priestess of Isis. She and Seti began a sexual relationship which resulted in her pregnancy. And for a priestess of Isis to lose her virginity was a capital offence. Bentrashit was ordered to stand trial for this crime, but instead she chose to die by her own hand. So she killed herself. So, again, like, not to bring this back to the mummy. Yeah, yeah. Anux on a Moon. Yeah,
1: yeah. She We're a bit time? obsessed. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs>
0: The next pivotal phase came at age 27, when she began writing for an Egyptian magazine in London. This is where she met Imam Abdel Mageed, who she eventually married. They moved to Cairo together and had a son, who she named Seti, after her ancient lover. Hmm. Like I'm so sure her husband was thrilled <laughs> to pieces with that. Yeah. After that, she adopted the new name of Om Seti, which is Arabic for mother of Seti. Unfortunately, after only two years of marriage, Om Seti and a man broke up and he moved to Iraq. Om Seti didn't seem overly fussed about their split and chose to stay behind in Cairo with her young son and began working at the National Department of Antiquities as a draftswoman. During her career there, she published many articles and books that are still widely admired. I think she married her dude just so she had an excuse to move to Egypt. Yeah. I Personal so. opinion. Yeah, yeah, And that's why she wasn't massively fussed when they broke up and she's like, okay, cool. I don't need to go back to London that I've known my entire life with my family, and my friends. Yeah. I'm just going to stay in Egypt.
1: Yeah, I think that's where she thought her home was anywhere yeah. where she felt most comfortable.
0: yeah. In her 50s, Omseti was suddenly given the opportunity to work alongside excavators in Abydos. Again, this is where the Temple of Seti was, and where she had began her love affair with a pharaoh in her previous life. She couldn't contain her excitement and jumped at the opportunity to work in her previous hometown. In Abydos, Omseti was an invaluable asset, working alongside the researchers and excavators. And actually helped the team locate the ruins of the gardens that she had questioned about in the photo when she was a little girl.
1: Well, realistically, right in, in her head, she'd already been there, so she's got a bird's eye view of it. In, in but
0: realistically, this is this is why people consider this case to be. The most reliable source of, of information really. of reincarnation, because yeah. how else would she have this information? This stuff hadn't been excavated. Yeah, they hadn't found the gardens. How did she know that the gardens were there? Yeah, how could she pinpoint these researches? So,
1: did they believe her when she said, you know, that this is what it is?
0: Yep. Cool. Even more uncanny was the exchange she had with the chief inspector from Egypt's Antiquities Department, who took her to Seti's temple and tested her claims. Standing there, in total darkness, he described a series of wall paintings to her. After each description, he would ask her to walk in the direction of that particular mural. She did so without erroring once. The inspector was naturally astonished, yeah. These locations of these paintings had never, ever been published, and there was no way that Omsetti could possibly know these details without previously having been there. Amazing. Omsetti remained in Abydos for the rest of her life and truly felt at peace and at home there. In 1981, she was featured in a National Geographic documentary entitled Egypt, Quest for Eternity. Unfortunately, in the same year, at the age of seventy seven, Omsetti passed away. She knew that with her beliefs of being the reincarnation of Bentrashit, she would not be welcome in any Christian or Muslim cemeteries, and actually began building her own underground tomb with a concrete slab. Um. However, can I say that one again <laughs> However, Shortly before her death, health officials intervened and stated that Omseti should be properly buried. After some back and forth, a local Coptic cemetery gave in and allowed her to be buried there, in a plot that no one else wanted in the arid desert. Omseti was not permitted to have a gravestone or any other marker with her name on it and was only permitted to have a pile of stones upon her grave. Oh, no, no. What
1: about her son
0: then? Wouldn't he have wanted something? I think it's, like, religion over anything. We're now 40-odd years since her passing, and people are still attempting to disprove her claims of being a reincarnated priestess, although no one has been able to disprove it. Her knowledge was simply too accurate.
1: That was really interesting. That was... uh, It's not something that, um... That I have been aware of But I'll definitely look at that documentary now On National Geographic Just to kind of like watch it And follow it a little bit more
0: I found it so so fascinating Yeah, Like I think there's only this And one other reincarnation case That I've heard of That has been like Oh shit this might actually be true Yeah yeah The other one was actually a girl in India So we could do that one as well Yeah
1: Yeah,
0: no, that was really, really interesting, Roshni. Uh, She gave me my government name. She used it against me. Okay, sorry. Rosh. Do you know what? I tell people at work, I'm like, please don't call me Roshni. Only my mum calls me that when she's really mad at me. (laughs) So then when someone calls me Roshni, I I immediately go into like, oh, shit, what have I done? No, no, that was really good. I was... That was interesting. Do you reckon you'd be game for another episode sometime? Yeah, definitely, definitely,
1: anytime. Cool. Well, as long as it's not scary, I don't mind.
0: Not scary, and no kids.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, so really-
0: you don't want a scary podcast. However, you're going on a podcast called Haunted as Fuck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, I can't. I can't really well say no to you, can I? <laughs> you're my daughter.
0: <laughs> See, it was like an easy, nothing haunted. Yeah yeah more fascinating than anything yeah Yeah.
1: so anyway thank you very much for having me today on my birthday
0: thank you for your time i hope you have a wonderful birthday thank you thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week mike will be back so prepare your ears for shit crack bye